Thank you for your love and your extravagant blessings and love and mercy and grace and peace. All that comes to, all that flows to us through Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. We love you so much and we just pray that once again this morning as we look into your word, that it will instruct us and teach us in the way that we should go and that we will embrace it with our whole hearts. In Jesus' name, amen. We are looking in the word of the Lord about his word, the power of his word and the word of his power, and how wonderful his word is. Praise the Lord. When we accept it, we walk in it, we live in it. Wow. What an experience. You wish that, you know, as, 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 you, as you begin to see the, the result of walking in God's word in your own life, you, you want everybody to get it. <laughs> and, and you want to say, just try it. <laughs> it really works. <laughs> it's wonderful. There's nothing better than God's word. Wow. What a, what a, what an advantage, right? What a, what a, what a blessing. Wow. What an advantage. How else can you say it? It's just wonderful. God's word is so powerful. We don't ever have to be afraid. You know, you see in people fear, don't you? Fear that like God is gonna, if, if they submit themselves to God's word and accept it as his truth and, and, and start to walk in it, you know, God's gonna just take away everything they love and care for and, and make them miserable and send them to all the places they don't want to go and, and, you know, all that kind of stuff goes along with fear. The enemy keeps people in fear and bondage because, you know, like as if, um, God is some horrible ogre when the opposite is exactly the truth. The devil is the horrible ogre and, and, and God is love, loving on us and trying to draw us to himself and help us to understand his word to bless our lives and to impart life into our abundant life. I am come that you might have life and that you might have it more abundantly. Abundanza. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, there you have it. God's not about us just squeaking by. You know, sometimes we're like, oh, we're okay with just squeaking by. Forget that squeaking by stuff. Come that you might have life and have it to the full. Abundanza to the full. Abundance, though. Praise the Lord. Kick it up a notch, right? <laughs> we see here that Jesus didn't step away from speaking the truth. And, you know, we have such a strong, um, I would almost say it's a stronghold in Christianity today that you don't dare say anything that could be offend, somebody could get offended by. Woe to you Pharisees for your, min- you know... Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites! <laughs> For you are like graves which have dust. Wow. Luke 11, I think it's 42. And we have a whole list. And we see here that Jesus really takes, he takes offense at not being real. And about pretending like, you know, making a big show of look at what I'm giving, look at what I'm doing for God, and, and, you know, look at, look at, look at, look at, when your heart isn't in it, and when we're not lined up inside. That's all he cares about, you know? When you think about it, I mean, I know we've, we've, we've said this more than one time, 
But really, our, you know, the religion in our world is so focused on stuff that God is not focused on. He's focused on our hearts. It says, and I've told you this so many times, one of my favorite verses in the Bible, how his eyes run to and fro throughout the whole earth. And what's he looking for? He's looking for a heart that's reaching out to him, that's loving him, that wants to be in relationship with him. He's looking for our hearts. And so, you know, here he, he says, whoa, you know, you're this and you're that and you're the other thing. He doesn't, he doesn't step away from the things that are hard to say and hard to hear and, and oftentimes not, not received. And he, he speaks to the scribes and Pharisees and the lawyers. They get puffed up. They think, oh, well, he didn't say nothing to us. So, you know, we must be okay. So he says, they say, well, foolishly, they say, oh, what about us? <laughs> And, and what does he say to them? Woe to you lawyers, for you have taken away the key of knowledge. You did not enter in yourselves, and those who were entering in you hindered. Wow. And of course, what did they do? They started to vehemently attack him. Sad commentary, right? Here they have. Well, let's put this back in perspective here. They have the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords and the, the Son of, the Son of God. Son of God. You know, people say sometimes, well, if God, if, you know, if I could see God and, or I could see Jesus, if I, if I could have seen him, I would, well, maybe not. <laughs> maybe not. So, you know, we're just responsible for our own heart and our own response. But Jesus said, you know, when he told that story, he told that story about how the rich man and Lazarus, right? The rich man had everything in life. Lazarus had nothing, was a beggar at his door. They both die and end up on the other side. And on the other side, the rich man's tormented. He's in a place he doesn't want to be. And what does he say? It's interesting there what, the, what his words are. Oh, send, send somebody back to my brothers. I don't want my brothers here. You know, in the world, that's a big thing, right? Oh, well, me, well, me and my buddies, we'll all we'll, we'll be there together. So it's, it's okay. Well, this man says, he, he defutes that completely. He says, I don't want my brothers to come here. Send somebody to them. But what is Jesus, what, what, what is the answer to that? And he's, Jesus, uh, God, Abraham says, they have Moses and the prophets, let them hear him. In other words, the word that we have, the word we've been given is enough. We see here how you know, Jesus speaks to them directly. And he doesn't mess around with the truth. And he's not afraid to say, woe to you, you're a hypocrite. Wow. You know, pray to God that we have men of God and people in that rise, uh, you know, righteous people, not corrupt, corrupt people that have the courage to speak to the needs of the present, present day. Because we need that, don't we? We need a voice speaking out for God, you know. And and recently in our in our in our country, you know, a little bit people have been righteousness has been getting stirred. The pot has been getting stirred a little bit, and some voices have been, you know, getting people together and saying, "Oh, we, we need to go back to God." Yeah, <laughs> imagine that. It's just you know, we we need people who are unafraid to speak. For God, and that's you know we see that in the Old Testament that when the Holy Spirit, when God raised up a prophet, He raised up uh, someone who 
irregardless, you know, of what was going on. And many times, like, think about Jeremiah and, uh, I mean, Jeremiah, oh my, oh my goodness, when you really study that out, I mean, the people weren't listening to him. They didn't want to hear what they weren't receiving what he was saying. I mean, God kept saying to him, don't worry, don't worry about their faces and, and just say your word. They're not going to believe you. I mean, and, and, and he was just bringing God's word and bringing God's word. They weren't receiving it. They weren't listening. Whew. That's tough stuff. That's tough stuff. But when my point was that he, he faithfully delivered God's word, like it or not. And that's what we need to realize is important. Uh, that if God gives us a word and God, God's truth, or sometimes we know God's word and we know how it applies to a situation and we do need to speak God's truth at times. And again, you know, we need to know when to speak and when not to speak, but we have the Holy Spirit as a teacher to teach us. And sometimes we need to be like the lion and roar. <laughs> That's just, that's just true. That's just true. And again, we live in a Christian world that says, oh no, don't ever roar. You'll frighten people away. Yeah, well, that's right. You will. The wrong ones. <laughs> or the right ones. Or whatever. That sometimes there's people that that's the only thing that they'll ever respond to. And here we see that even in this case, Jesus, the Son of God, he was roaring at them, and they they weren't getting it, right? They were dismissing it. They were attacking him. And again, we always have a choice, don't we? We always have a choice how to respond to God's word. We can bow at it, embrace it, and say, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. I'll change. I'll, I'll, I'll change. I'll, with your help, I'll change. Or we can say, who does she think she is? Who does he think he is? I ain't taking that. Well, it's our choice, isn't it? It is our choice how we respond to God's word. Now, of course, it has to be God's word. We understand that. That's what we bow to. Not, not to a man who's being tyrannical. Not to, not to something that's, that's, um, deficient or, um, sick or, you, you understand what I'm saying here. But when it's God's word, we need to bow. And we need to embrace it with our whole heart. Always leads us forward, and it's always good. All right. Luke 12 and verse 8. Also I say to you, whoever confesses me before men, him will the Son of Man will confess before the angels of God. Here we have a little bit of continuation there. Jesus teaches, teaching here, and says, and, and, and actually this kind of goes with this, with, with this thought that we need voices that speak. Like I think of Franklin Graham comes to mind because I've heard media people ask him various questions, different questions, not about the gospel, but, you know, just ask him a question. No matter what question they ask him on any topic, he always manages to insert in into that answer because... Jesus Christ is the way that you, you know, something about he, the salvation message. He always gets and he uses Jesus' name and he always packs the salvation message into every answer no matter what they're asking him about. Wow, I like that. That's a voice for God. You want to, you know, even if you're sitting in a comfortable chair at home, you want to jump up off your chair and say, yay, go. That's the answer I want to hear. That's great. 
We need voices like that. We need voices for God that are unafraid to speak the truth and to say, no, that's a sin. God hates that. And come to Jesus. He loves you. And Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. Unafraid. And we need to ask the Lord to make us a little more fearless in that regard. That we're not so afraid of offending and of stepping on people's toes and of, so what? Jesus wasn't afraid. He was offending the the scribes and the Pharisees. He was pretty much stomping on their toes. I mean, he wasn't really pussyfooting around here, was he? And and he's looking for us to, to be fearless, to rise, and to say, my God lives, and I know him, and he'll help you. Our world is looking, is listening for voices of truth. And what are they hearing? They're hearing a lot of stupid stuff and a lot of corruption. And they're hearing lies. And after a while, they believe a lie. And so they can't even understand the truth because they've embraced a lie. And we need to be voices of truth and voices for God. What else is he going to use? When Jesus was on earth, he, he was the spokes. He was the spokesperson. But now that he's gone back into heaven, he's left us. He's, in, he's entrusted us with his word to speak for him and to be those fearless witnesses. And so let's rise up. And where we're weak, sometimes that's not our nature. That's okay. God can make us strong. He can make us dynamite. That's what that means where it says, when I am weak, then I am strong. When I am weak, then I am dynamite. Because the power of the Holy Spirit, we know we can't do it in ourselves. So we say, oh God, you want me to do this, then you're going to have to come and, and empower me. And he does. There, pow, there's the dynamite. <laughs> and we're able to stand. And, and, and then we think later, we think, that wasn't me. How did that happen? Power of the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. And so let's not be afraid. Let's not be so 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 reserved and so held back. You know, all this political correctness has kind of like stuffed a sock in our mouth, you know? No, pull those socks out. <laughs> pull those socks out. Speak the truth. Don't stop speaking the truth. Him who confesses me before him, the Son of Man, will also confess before the angels of God. That's where I belong. That's where I'm going. That's where I want to be known. Right? Amen. But he who denies me before men will be denied before the angels of God forbid. Ah, forbid. That's where we're going. We're headed. That's our home. Our home is with the angels in heaven and Jesus. <laughs> Hallelujah. And, and that's where we're going. And that's where we know, we want to know and be known. Whatever we have to do on this side till we get there, we're going to do it fearlessly. And anyone who speaks a word against the Son of Man, it will be forgiven him. But to him who blasphemes against the Holy Spirit, it will not be forgiven. Wow. Again, you know, there's people that are so married to this love stuff that if you read that verse to them, I don't know what they do with it, but, you know, there's people that go around saying, well, I can sin. It doesn't matter. If I sin, God has to forgive me. Well, wait a minute. (laughs) Hold it. Jesus didn't pay that price so that I could go walk walk around in in sin and, and, and have no, no, no change in my life. That, that's just not true. That's distorted. That's really off. And there's a lot of people that believe that. And so we have to, we have to embrace the truth. 
that there's a sin that could not be forgiven is, wow, that's something he blasphemes against the Holy Spirit. So we have to be careful, you know? We, ha- we do have to be careful. Our words are important. Words are important. He paid the ultimate price so that his spirit could reside inside of us and we could be his, we could be, we could be his representatives here on earth. He paid the ultimate price. And he doesn't take it lightly. You're right. It's right. He doesn't take it lightly. And so, wow, it's just, it's just serious stuff. And so, and we see, you know, it shows us again how the enemy has, you know, he's used, that's why we have to know the word. He's used, he's used the word to distort the word and to twist it and to, and to make people believe stuff that's half true or there's a grain of truth in it or, you know, all of that stuff. That's why we have to know the word and we are for ourselves. You can't just take somebody's word for it. You have to be in the word. You have to read the word. You have to ask the Holy Spirit to teach you the word and understand it. He does. He's a faithful teacher, but you can't just take it for granted. You can't just take somebody else's word for it because men distort. Exactly. And have been twisting it ever since. Yea, hath God said? And he twisted what God had said. God had said, you may eat of all the trees of the garden. There's only one I'm asking you not to touch. And a serpent twisted it around. And he's been twisting God's word ever since. And we need to be aware of that because it's one of his greatest, greatest weapons against the church especially. And even against unbelievers. You know, when you hear like even in the media what people say about God and about believers and about Christianity... You hear what they say and you go, okay. Where'd they get that stuff from? The devil. He's twisting it all up. So they bring you to the synagogue and the magistrates and authorities do not worry about what or how you should answer or what you should say, for the Holy Spirit will teach you in that very hour what you ought to say. So Jesus tells them here, you're going to get in trouble for saying the truth, for speaking for me. Yeah, you will. But don't worry. Don't worry about how you're going to answer. I'll give you... I'll give you the words. I'll give you. We see that in Paul's life, right? When he was imprisoned, and he goes and he stands before one, one dignitary after another, and each one of them had the gospel presented to them, didn't they? God gave them, gave them the words. And you know, our 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 belief in Jesus Christ may be causing us some anxiety, some some problems in in this world yet. And we don't have to worry because the Lord will be with us and he will give us the words to speak that we will be true and faithful to the end, no matter what. All right, then going forward into Luke 13, we see here he was teaching in one of the, in one of the synagogues on the Sabbath and there was a woman who had a spirit of infirmity. I love this story. I love this story. It doesn't say that she had a disease. It says that she had a spirit of infirmity. And I've said this to you before in various ways, but you know there's so many spirits at work in people's lives, in church people's lives, that are not all Holy Spirit. And we need to know that and understand that. We don't write them off because of that. They're struggling, they're having problems and issues, but that's that's a real struggle in, in the lives of um of Christian people, unfortunately, a lot of times, where there's there's a stronghold, there's a spirit, there's spiritual stuff going on, and 
we need to be armed and understand it and pray for one another because when a person is is really struggling with spirit a spiritual thing or some spirit that is is trying to cling to them or dictate who they are and what they are there's problems there's a struggle that's 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 a life of struggle and that's a life of torment actually i believe uh, really it's a life of torment and people need to be delivered and set free but they have to be willing to be delivered and to be set free and sometimes people think they're willing when they actually aren't you know um and we have to be careful that we want all that god has for us and we don't want the enemy to have any foothold in our lives but it's our choice it's our choice it's what we want and what we desire and we have to really uh pursue god we have to pursue god he's looking for a desire in our hearts and as we do that and keep ourselves oh, and again infilled infilled with the holy spirit of god we don't have to walk in fear but we have to be aware that that this is some of the some of the stuff that goes on <laughs> that it's it's spiritual stuff and people have have got and sometimes it's it's from the influences of of places they've been and where where they've walked and and how they've been treated and um you remember uh, the girl uh, Devin Kim remember some of this from when we when we did Eldridge's book where he talked about that how whatever's come against your life over and over and over and over again can be a spirit that that surrounds you so powerfully that 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 it it pulls it pulls pulls you in to treat the person the same way as 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 they've been treated all their life like if it's a spirit of um abuse or a spirit of depression or you know there's so many there's so many different kinds of a spirit of despair or um sometimes it's just a spirit of sadness here it was a spirit of infirmity but Jesus recognized it and we don't want to say this is weird and I don't want to know that stuff no we we want to know, learn to walk in discernment and in understanding so that we see somebody struggling with some kind of spirit or spiritual problem that we know how to pray we know how to rebuke spirits and we know how to say lord you are lord you are lord you help that person come to that person help them to be able to receive the help to to be loosed and freed from that spirit whatever it may be and so here jesus speaks to her and says to her woman you are loose from your infirmity and wow jesus looses her and lets her go free this is what jesus came for i am come that you might have life and that you might have it to the full more abundantly he doesn't want us to be bound up and held captive to any spiritual problem any spiritual foothold and he's the deliverer he's the deliverer that's the good news it's the good news gospel is good news that whatever may we may be bound wherever we may be bound whatever we may struggle with whatever issue may be whatever the spirit may be that we deal with or or have trouble with he came to set us free he's the emancipator he's the great emancipator and so we have a resource of course this the the people in the synagogue they had they didn't like this it was first of all it was the sabbath day oh my Oh my. I mean, God forbid he should do anything good on the Sabbath day. I mean, that was just really. So she's delivered, but the ruler of the synagogue answered with indignation because Jesus had healed on the Sabbath, and he said to the crowd, "There are 6 days, and on 
which men should work. Therefore, come and be healed on them and not on the Sabbath day. Wow. Nice guy, huh? <laughs> Whew. Imagine your pastor saying, <laughs> don't come to church for prayer and for me to pray for you. You know, it's just ridiculous. Imagine if this guy knew that this was going to be recorded and talked about 2,000 years later, we'd still be going, huh? What was up with that? And Jesus said, hypocrite. Look at what he said. He didn't say, you know, he didn't, he didn't make nice, nice. He didn't say, oh, brother, let's sit down and talk about it. I think maybe we could come to some kind of agreement. No. (laughs) Jesus said, you hypocrite. What's wrong with you? Doesn't, don't, don't, on the Sabbath day, if your donkey falls in the pit, in the ditch, don't you pull it out? So, he says, shouldn't this daughter of Abraham, whom Satan, listen, look at these words, look at these words, whom Satan has bound, think of it, for 18 years, be loosed from this bond on the Sabbath day? And when he said these things, all his adversaries were put to shame, and all the multitude rejoiced, for all the glorious things that were being done by him. So here we see, again, Jesus didn't pretend that it, it was okay for them to, to say something like that. He addressed it, didn't he? Head on. Again, we see he's looking at the heart. What's wrong with you? What's, what's wrong with you? What's in your heart? How can you say such a thing? Here's this woman being delivered and set free. And you're saying, not today? Oh, Lord. So... In the name of Christianity, right? Then a little bit further on in in, um, in Luke 13, again, 34, as Jesus looks over Jerusalem, he laments. His words are, his words show us what's in his heart, don't they? Oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, you kill the prophets, stone those who are sent to you. How often I wanted to gather your children together as a hen gathers her brood under her wings, but you were not willing. Wow, what a picture we have there. Here we see his heart yearning. Wow, I, I came. I would have, I would have gathered you like a hen gathers her chicks, protects them, nurtures them. But you weren't willing. And here's the key. Here's one of those golden keys again, which we talk about so frequently here, don't we? Is that the willingness, our willingness, there's God, He's got all that, all the resources. No lack here. But on our side, we have to be willing. And then when you got the two parts together, pow, you got the dynamite, right? (laughs) Yes. And so let's just make sure that we're always willing to receive God's word, to speak God's word, to allow his Holy Spirit to lead and to guide us and to live through us in a world that is lost and dying. Praise the Lord. We'll we'll stop there for today. Thank you, Lord, for your word. Thank you that your truth sets us free. Thank you that you are about setting people free and delivering from bondage and all our bondages, Lord. We want to be people who live delivered and set free that we'll be able to glorify you to the world around us. In Jesus' name, amen.